It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Raptors podcast. I'm your interim host, filling in for Sean Woodley, Vivek Jacob, and I'm here with Jabari Young of The Athletic, beat reporter for the San Antonio Spurs. We're here to recap uh, the dramatic contest between the Raptors and the Spurs uh, that went down at Scotiabank Arena. A lot to get to. Make, uh, remember, you can uh, subscribe, rate, review the Locked On Raptors podcast and all the Locked On content. Be sure to check it out. Uh, for tonight, let's get to it. Uh, Jabari, what was your biggest takeaway from tonight's game? I mean, uh, the overall competitiveness uh, of the game. You know, um, you know, you got to give the Raptors credit. Obviously, the Spurs give them credit as well. They came into a very hostile environment. Obviously, the fans here in Toronto are great, um, and they they stayed afloat. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't a blowout like the game we saw in San Antonio. <laughs> but um, you appreciate those type of competitive ball games coming off of the All Star break. You know, you expected guys to be rusty, but towards the end. You just saw that it was some execution taking place. And, I mean, who could ask for a better ending? I mean, you know, with the whole – I mean, I know it was a little bit of drama at the end, but, you know, with Kawhi going for the steal and, and getting it and then, you know, putting the Spurs – putting the Raptors up one at that point, and they kind of really never looked back. So uh, I think I appreciate that competitiveness part of it because they understand that from here on out they have to be perfect because the playoffs is right around the corner. And for Toronto fans, they've seen those traps come yeah. at the Rosen, come at Kyle Lowry in the playoffs for so long to kind of see that uh, script sort of flipped, right. go the other way now. Um, maybe that's something that they hope to look forward to mm-hmm. in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an environment like this, can you take away uh, th- this type of performance carrying over into the postseason? You know what? No, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, you want to go on your runs and try to finish strong, but the whole season, whole complete, it's it's a completely different animal. Um, it has its own type of vibe to it, you know. So I mean, you, you can always try to, you know, translate what you've done in the regular season, especially those last few weeks, um, where you want to be executing at your highest level, taking it into the playoffs. But we're still about 20 games off before the season's over, so. I always like to say them last 10 to 15 games for the teams that are competitive, that's when you're going to see some good basketball because they're going to be trying to fine-tune some things uh, before they you know, make a run at a championship. And you talk about execution. One of the things that stood out to me in the first half was the Raptors shooting 12 of 22 yeah. from three, but five of 30 inside in two-point range yeah. um, do you think that was a part of the Spurs game plan going in the Raptors coming into this game were 22nd in the league in three-point shooting obviously the Spurs have been incredibly efficient one of the top three-point shooting teams even though they don't take a lot of them um, do you think that was something that was, that was a factor going in well I think they wanted to just kind of make things a little bit difficult in a way for Kawhi Leonard you know they understand what his weaknesses is remember they just had him they need to help develop the guy <laughs> so they know what he can and can't do well and I think you know with, with him he had Patty Mills on him a couple of times and I felt like you know the Raptors were you know determined to get the ball to him but the, you, it was like a trap almost because the Spurs 
would shift their entire defense over to Leonard, making him give the ball up yep. or take a bad shot. So it was very good strategy uh, from from the San Antonio Spurs, um, and and it was just execution on the defensive end, and that's actually something that was. Not bad, you know. This was probably one of their better defensive games that they had on this entire rodeo road trip. So, um, you know, long-winded answer, but still, you know, like I said, it's, it's it was. I love that competitiveness. I mean, this to me was the best game that Spurs have played on this rodeo road trip so far. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. I mean, they have struggled a bit coming into. Yeah, the yeah. I mean, it was a struggling. I mean, yeah. you know, they started 0-4. You know, the, the, and again, the defense was the thing that was not showing up. They scored a the ball. Uh, but tonight, you know, you saw a little bit better defense, um, and, and they were right there in the end, just that crucial turnover. And you mentioned Kawhi's weaknesses. You know, one of the things that we've seen in Toronto so far this season is the Kawhi Leonard offense, where Nick Nurse has sort of laid out the isolations mm -hmm. for him. And then we've seen uh, Toronto sort of get into the groove when uh, Kyle Lowry takes control, when the bench comes in, Fred yeah. Van Vliet takes control. Um, tonight, uh, you saw DeMar DeRozan show what Toronto's kind of been missing with that playmaking, mm -hmm. the way he makes guys like Bryn Forbes better, the way he makes guys like Davis Bertans uh, better. Yeah. I mean, he was having himself a night. Oh, it looked like he might even drain that potential game winner at the end yeah. as well. Um, what kind of impact do you think DeRozan's had on those role guys? Well, being big, I mean, if you look at uh, his numbers across the board, I think it's up in rebounds, up in assists. Um, so you can tell his overall game, and that's surprising even the Spurs. They didn't know that he was as good as a passer as he is, but uh, he's allowing the game to come to him, and obviously, you know, if he sees defenses, you know, if he's sucking defenses in or pe people are paying too much attention, he knows how to find the open guy. You'd love that, but, you know, at the end of the day, too, you know, they're going to need his playmaking, but they're also going to need his scoring. Very, very bad. You know, the Spurs need him, uh, as well as LaMarcus Aldridge, to have efficient scoring nights in order for them to stay competitive in most games. So they're going to need a lot from him, a lot more. But again, compared to the games he's had over the last few weeks, this game tonight was one of his better games. You know, and I understand that the motion was there to have it, but, um, you know, the, but he's, they're going to need this from him, plus more down the stretch if they plan on trying to inch up in the playoff hunt in the West. The NBA playoffs are right Right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And one thing I really enjoyed, we, we, you talked about the competitiveness. It really seemed to bring the best out of Kyle yeah. Lowry. You saw you saw him at his aggressive best. You know, sometimes he can tend to settle for the shot or not even look for his own shot. He seemed to attack the rim a lot more consistently tonight. Um, that's something that Toronto fans, ideally coming into the postseason, you want him to be a factor. I think obviously Gasol does take uh, some of the pressure off mm -hmm. with the playmaking, mm -hmm. allowing... Uh, Lowry to sort of find more opportunities to score uh, but I thought that was another interesting dynamic with Gasol again coming off the bench um, not necessarily getting his uh, his own offense going but still he finished with six assists uh, I thought he had a huge role to play with the bench sort of finding some rhythm even when the Spurs were able to take away their first or second options um, what were your impressions of this continued uh, trend of Ibaka starting but Gasol coming off the bench well you know I haven't followed the Raptors in long enough to know you know what how their rotations and everything like that is, are working out but you know when you had a guy like Marcus Gasol a guy who's a, a proven vet 
uh, playoff battle tested, uh, that's only going to help you, especially against a team like the Sixers where Marcus can maybe try to drag Joel Embiid away from the basket, you know what I mean, to, to kind of get him, uh, you know, so guys can get there like Kawhi or, or uh, a Kyle. So, you know, those matchups are going to be very key moving forward. But something that you said, you know, before, you know, you were impressed with the play of Kyle Lowry on the offensive end. But I think even tonight uh, against the Raptors, he held his own on the defensive end yep. because DeMar DeRozan admitted I was seeking him out. And the Spurs switch, and Kyle held his own. He loves defending I mean, in the yeah, post. Yeah, <laughs> he does. I mean, he held his own. I mean, you saw DeMar was trying to get position. So I thought those key plays down at the stretch, that really made the difference of the game because this game came right down to the fourth quarter. It came right. They were both there. And it was about who made more plays. And you got to give Kyle Lowry credit against his brother, against his best friend in the league. He held his own when Kyle Lowry is like 6'3". DeMar's like 6'6". Got a good three inches over him. But Kyle knew his moves. He knew how to get him. And he was he was under his skin a couple of times. And he also played a very big factor uh, on those possessions on the defensive end. So you got to just salute Kyle Lowry. I didn't want that to go unnoticed um, yep. with, with the performance that he had. Tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that goes to your point before about the Spurs knowing exactly what Kawhi Leonard wants mm-hmm. to do. No one knows what DeRozan wants to do better than Kyle Lowry, right? Uh, So again, that was was a huge factor. Um, Another point I want to get to is looking at the Spurs matchup with the Raptors. Um, Aldridge was really effective in San Antonio, um, really seemed to go to town against Serge Ibaka. what did you make of the adjustments that Toronto made? They seem to show the double a bit more often. They seem to be able to get him off his spot uh, yeah. a, a bit more effectively uh, tonight. Oh, that was just good coaching by Nick Nurse. You know, obviously, all, you know, Lamarcus has had his fair share uh, of troubles when teams are throwing doubles at him. A lot of teams did it at the beginning of the season. It just threw his, you know, made his life a living hell. Uh, and then they kind of to ease up a little bit. Spurs changed their spacing, and so they were able to have more shooters around all just so of teams did send doubles, but you got to just give credit to Serge Ibaka. First of all, them two don't like each other anyway. You know, it's a history there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Serge always plays LaMarcus tough. It's like a really big head game. That's why if these two were to ever meet, you know, on a higher level, uh, you know, in the finals or something, that matchup would be very key in that entire series. So I'm surprised that they didn't get into a little, you know, scrapple. You know, I mean, <laughs> they usually do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I said, it, that, that was a very key matchup. And I thought LaMarcus, you know, the, the Raptors did a good job at uh, making things a little difficult for him. And Serge did a, a good job as well sticking him one-on-one, allowing people to stay home and not have to, you know, chase those shooters around. So, um, you know, good job defensively by, by the Raptors on that key matchup. Now, obviously it's one thing for the Raptors to come into a Spurs environment where, you know, they're geared up to face the enemy and you can sort of feel that negativity uh, as the road team, right? But uh, for the Spurs, I, I don't know if they necessarily felt that on a night like this, uh, barring the fourth quarter where there's so much love for DeRozan. Do, do you think that plays into it at all? Nah, nah, not at all. <laughs> you know, they're a veteran team. Um, I don't, I don't think that had anything to do with. It. If anything, you know, when you're a team that's competing in the West and you're a lower seed these are the type of moments that you need to embrace because you know that a potential game seven or a critical game five for whatever it won't be on your home floor you know what I mean so you know you you, you got to kind of embrace these moments so it, it was playoff intensity down the stretch there um, between between these two teams tonight and so the Spurs are just going to take moments like this and try to get better because again it only came out to a couple of possessions in the end Raptors made more plays.
did DeRozan uh, surprise you at all? Did you have any expectations of him uh, coming into how he would deal with all the emotion, all the ovations that he received? Uh, I mean, he was super efficient, 23 points, 58% shooting, eight assists, like we mentioned before, the playmaking. Did any aspect of his game tonight surprise you at all? No, I mean, and I thought he actually did a good job. I really didn't think he was going to keep his emotions in check. Uh, all game. I thought it was some at some point it would come out. So I think he did a good job. But then at the end there, you can tell, you know, walking off the court, you know, that's when it really, really hit him. Uh, but, you know, it's, this was a very tough game for him. Um, the first game in San Antonio, I think, was a more of a trying to prove you wrong type game. And this was the one that was really, really tough to inform. So for him to come out and, like, as you mentioned, do keep his emotions in check um, and not let it show it on the game and still stay competitive throughout the entire way, uh, that, that was really impressive. Like I said, it was a, this is a very hard game to play. Yeah, it really yeah, was. Yeah. I mean, emotionally, it really was. So I'm sure that they're both Kawhi and the Spurs and DeMar. I'm sure they're both happy to get this series over with so you can kind of concentrate on uh, trying to make that final playoff push. Now, just looking at the Spurs going forward, uh, they've got a couple more games left on this rodeo trip. Um, do you anticipate this? Do you, do you think they're the type of team that just puts this behind them, focuses on the next game, or do you think this is the type of thing that can drag into those final two games where it's been so long, they've been on the road for almost a month, yeah. uh, they're they just looking forward to get back home now? Yeah, I mean, well, listen, they're 1-5 now after this loss to Toronto um, and on this rodeo trip, so they're trying to kind of get these last two games, try to salvage what they can because they have three big games coming up. I mean, the, the one against the Detroit uh, Pistons, uh, and then you have the Oklahoma City Thunder and Denver Nuggets, you know, those three. So it's, those, those are going to be three very difficult games on your home floor. So you, you got to try to capture one. And I think that one against the Knicks on Sunday is really, really important for them. But you got to try to close this thing out. Brooklyn is going to be in the same boat that the Raptors are in. Uh, they, the Spurs took one from them in San Antonio, so Brooklyn's going to be looking for their revenge. So I got them finishing one and two in the last three games, but it would be mm -hmm. better if they finished two and one to kind of take a little bit of momentum into that three-game homestand, which is going to be very important for them. Now, obviously, you said you haven't seen much of the Raptors post-trade deadline. <laughs> no, no one really has. I mean, uh, you know, so what are, what are your impressions of this team now sort of reconstructed with Gasol, with Jeremy Lin, uh, even Patrick McCall getting into the rotation a little bit with Fred VanVleet? Um, like I said before, man, they're going to be a, they're going to be a threat. You know, what, what it is is that if Nick Nurse has to go up against more, more of the elite head coaches in the, in the East, will he be able to match wits with them? Will he be able to play that chess game with them? Uh, will he get guys to buy in some of the things that he's doing now? So, um, you know, that, it was very key that, um, you know, they got Marcus All again because I think he's a battle-tested guy and he's going to help. But keep an eye on, you know, Danny Green is really good at these type moments, you know what I mean, especially when they get to the playoffs. Um, that veteran leadership from him is going to really be big for this Raptors team with him and Kawhi controlling the perimeter. And if you have a, 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 a locked-in Kyle Lowry, both on the offensive and defensive end, that's going to make things really, really tough. So, you know, you can look at it and say Milwaukee's number one, Raptors number two. Some people might have that flip. But I just think that the, the Bucks right now are, you know, just a little bit better. But, I mean, those two teams right there are just the one, two, and then the Sixers are probably right behind them. So, um, you know, the Raptors, they, they got it. They're, they're right there, and, and you've got to take advantage of these type of seasons because you don't know when they're going to come around again where you're that high, you're that close to possibly right. getting to the finals. Getting out of the East for the first time uh, in a long time, um, and first time ever, as a matter of fact, uh, and, and not having to go through a guy like uh, LeBron James to do it. So it's, you know, they're, they're right there. They're right there. They just got to, like I said before, take advantage of 
of this roster uh, as they have it because moving forward it could be some changes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned Danny Green. We didn't talk about him at all. Um, obviously, you expect him to hit the big threes that he's hit, but I thought he made that key, key play on DeRozan at the end that forced him to get the ball to yeah. Bertans for the shot. And then something that maybe uh, fans at home didn't notice, when when uh, the, the officials were reviewing the play of whether or not Kyle Lowry you know, had established himself inbounds, uh, Danny Green actually grabbed the clipboard uh, to show the Raptors and sort of assume that you know, if the Spurs get the ball, this is what they're going to do. And he was diagramming plays right then and there. That's that little bit of leadership that can make a difference in a championship moment or in a series-defining moment. And I think those are the things that the Raptors have lacked uh, the last few seasons. And going forward, that's something that's going to bode well for them as they look to close out uh, this home stretch. Any final thoughts on the Spurs on this matchup at all? No, man, because they're probably not going to see each other uh, <laughs> again this season. You know, the Raptors are a little bit, um, you know, ahead of the pack there. But, um, you know. It, but is it, it like a measuring stick game at all? I mean, always against a team, against a top 10 team, you know. And, and for the Raptors, it's a measuring stick because they know that the Spurs are going to give them nothing but execution. So this is one of those mm-hmm. games. Everybody always do that when he plays Spurs. This is yep. one of the measuring sticks. Hey, we need to execute at a high level in order to win this game. And so um, I thought the Raptors, again, did that, made plays in the end. And a win like this is obviously going to only motivate them moving forward um, as they try to you know, compete for that number one spot uh, in the East. Great. Well, thank you so much right, for man. your time, Jabari. No problem. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can listen to Locked On Raptors on the Locked On Network. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. And that's all for tonight. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.